You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hi everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Obviously, this is a super late episode recapping the best releases of December 2021. But I wanted to give releases up till December 31st their due, appreciation and recognition. My best of the month roundups, you probably thought I replaced the December one with best of 2021 as a whole roundups. Not true, this is in addition to that. But because I was focusing on best of the year roundups in December, I decided to move a best of December to January. The next few episodes will cover tons of new recommendations for you guys the ranking and review of the best J-pop and C-pop of 2021, and then I'll release my big reveal of the best of January 2022. So without further ado, here are some last-minute best of 2021 picks that came out after a lot of people, myself included, had pretty much wrapped up our mega list of the best of the year. Let's kick off the countdown with number 20. I kind of put these in the same category, Espa slash SM Town as a whole for the SMCU Winter Express album with Espa's new single on it, a remake of Dreams Come True by SES. First of all, I highly recommend you check out the YouTube remastered episode all about Dreams Come True, and it walks you through Boa's mentorship of Espa from meeting them to reconceptualizing a new video for it, making a bunch of adjustments to the delivery in the recording studio. It's just a cool start-to-finish look at the effort and detail that went into remaking a new version of this song. It was a nice way they paid homage to the original and did a new thing with it. In a way that's very ESPA. Their delivery, their wardrobe, their settings, all very ESPA. Definitely helps with some BOA appreciation too, for newer K-pop fans who may be less familiar with BOA than they should be. She really has a knack for this kind of stuff. Perfect person to be up to the task of remaking a classic for the next generation. Speaking of Boa, newer K-pop fans, please be aware that she released an album called Girls on Top years ago. Way before that became the name of this new super group from SM Entertainment she's a part of. What a prophet. Anyway, so Dreams Come True, it's a really cool video that mixes these gorgeous ballerina outfits in pastel settings with hip-hop street style in this graffiti-covered artsy area. Definitely bringing it back to 90s, as the lyrics say. I put the SMCU Express album on here as a whole as well, because the whole thing is not my cup of tea. Lots of ballads, wintry songs. It's a winter album. It's themed appropriately, but it has a couple gems on it that are really worth putting on repeat. One is this Dreams Come True remake. One is obviously Hope from Kwanya because it's the SM Town theme song and I refuse to believe it's not a tribute song to me. It's super cute and again a great remix for newer K-pop fans because the original is actually Hope by H.O.T., a first-gen idol group. Third key song on there, Zoo. 
which Taeyeon, my NCT bias, and just my Planet Earth bias, he choreographed it. He actually wasn't really supposed to. SM Town didn't really think it needed it, a stage performance ready, but he believed in the song so much and insisted the ideas were just coming to him and meant to be expressed that he went with his instinct. And then we had the New Year's Eve concert live stage performance, so great instincts there. It's a super catchy song, fun to dance to. Number 19. Little Glee Monster, special edition of Transparent World. They continue to just enthrall me with their harmonies, their lovely wardrobes, and their mix on tracklists of pop ballads and more lively, often trumpet-filled songs like Hurry Up. They really had a packed year, starting with a compilation, Gradation, then there was the Pentatonix collab, Reunion, and now Transparent World. Lots to catch up on if you're new to them. Number 18, my first story, Paradox. It's been a relatively quiet year for this J-Rock group, unfortunately, but they ended with Paradox, which I think made up for some of the absence this year. It really, from the get-go, perks your ears up. It has this distorted bass, and it has this pop sensibility to it, a pop song structure, but it has some rock element to it as well. Really, I think if more people knew about this group, they would get some of the pop-punk love so many other pop-rock acts are getting in this newly resurfaced interest in the genre. Number 17. Moonbyul and Yoon Murray, G999. This song comes off of Moonbyul's new album that came out this month, but I wanted to give this single its own spotlight here for two reasons. One is that it is just so fun, 90s hip-hop vibes done right, great choice for an early release off of her album to get the anticipation up. But two, I wanted to give it a shout out now, because frankly, I have a feeling Moonbeal's full new album might not make it in my January top 20 list. I get as someone with my own mental health challenges, as I've gone on about at length on the show before, I'm just quite uncomfortable when artists use terms like lunatic and theme their concept around a psych ward, something like that. Having actually been there and seeing someone film a video there, it's just uncomfortable. I don't like it being used as a concept. If she's actually dealt with those struggles, and this is her outlet to reflect on those experiences, that might be a different story, but I don't know if that's the case. I don't know. Not for me. Some people don't care. I personally do not like when artists do that without any personal connection to the issue. G999 is a super fun song. Go stream it. Number 16. Unknown Kun, Marry Me. Full disclosure, I was excited to get to interview him. You could read that on the site now. But I genuinely really do like this song. It's so feel-good and happy, as the title would suggest. And it has his signature sound that's just this artful use of autotune. These electronified vocals, and this bouncy instrumental, it's just a really feel-good song. Number 15. Ms. Uja with Who Are You. With her and Bam Bam, it was quite a month for Who Are You. Ms. Uja really had a stellar 2021. So many new songs came out, but this honestly might be my favorite. She ended with the best. Her delivery in this song is interesting because it's both powerful and subtle. She's got this very lively, engaging voice, but in a way that's not like pretentious. 
interesting delivery, plus the instrumental with strings and piano. It's very full and fun and lively. Number 14, Twice with their new Japanese song, Donut. Remember when I said they seem to kind of revive Cheer Up era looks and Yes or Yes era looks in the The Feels video? Well, for Donut, they brought back some What is Love vibes with pretty tool pastel dresses. And the choreography is very fitting to go with the wardrobe. Very sweet, gentle, graceful, ballet-esque moves. It's also kind of just a funny music video plot because it starts and ends with Mina crouching down at this crime scene where the blood and mess left on the ground is from the oozing donut. The police siren is blaring. It's quite the love is a crime metaphor. There are other funny contemplative scenes. This whole video is just fun to me because the outfits are great, their demeanors are funny because they're so dramatic, and at the end of the day, this whole thing is about a donut and them saying about comparing their love to a love loop that they're stuck in, with a hole left inside them without your love. Number 13. Girls Squared, 80s Lover. This is definitely for fans of Fromis 9, especially We Go by Fromis 9. Not just sonically, but visually, this looks like the kind of setup and dance routine Fromis 9 would do. Although obviously this group is super unique in their own ways, hopefully the Fromis 9 comparison compels some of the listeners right now to go check out Girl Squared. It's got this underlying bass with a playful piano layered on top of it. It's super catchy. Number 12, Extinary Heroes, Happy Death Day. Fun fact, actually, this group confirmed the movie from 2017 called Happy Death Day. Not a source of inspiration. Pure coincidence, they have the same title. But anyway, this new group have a very one-of-a-kind vibe. It's a really weird video where they basically remind this kid at his birthday party that he's one year closer to death. In the song, they have that message. On the invitations, they have that message. They just disrupt a typical birthday party scene in all the merriment with this reminder that another year gone means another year closer to death. I don't know if this was intentional, but I get Mad Hatter vibes from their wardrobe in this video. And you know the Mad Hatter, he always sings about a merry unbirthday to you, so could be a parallel there. One thing that for sure influenced this debut is what Junsu said about how they were inspired by contemplating what people's expressions look like, not when everyone's gathered around them singing happy birthday, but what expression they have right after they blow out the candles. Do they stop to wonder, I made the wrong wish? Or, yikes, I really am closer to death? What happens after the pomp and circumstance moment ends and the camera turns off? This group also is on my radar because they had these individual teaser videos leading up to this debut song. They really caught my eye. Each member basically showing their life in 5D, basically, after adding music to it. Could be this supernatural concept. Could be just a symbolic way to show how music adds so much to our lives. Either way, I love the music appreciation message at the end of the day. Number 11. I've with Eleven. This new girl group is also on my artist to watch list for the year because their debut single is really doing just incredible on the charts and album sales wise. Just breaking records left and right. 
The video on its own, aside from sales, is also notable because it just is a very cool video. They have this larger-than-life set design, kind of itsy-adjacent in that way, but then they kind of do their own thing with the white suits they wear, with the blue gloves, the dance moves they do in this horizontal line, their formations, their use of color, their outfits, it all comes together in refreshing combinations. Number 10. AT's Zero Fever Epilogue. What an anthemic finale to the Zero Fever series. The whole graduation concept, they really leaned into here. And they really brought on what I've been missing, this Shall We Dance by Block B vibe for the video for the reel. They just threw this giant party with this contagious enthusiasm. And this theme about satisfaction with the end of something felt extra timely. Like, we all want to feel like the pandemic is over. A feeling of, we're ready to be done with this lawn struggle. So they provided some catharsis with the reel, which I like a lot more, honestly, than their other single, Turbulence. But I do like that they continue to release double singles. While a lot of K-pop artists promote one big single off of their album, ATs often provides a double feature. So if you're really into a more high-energy song or a more sentimental song, you probably don't have to choose. There's also some new material on here, but I think what stood out to me most is remixing classics from their discography. The Wonderland remix, Answer. The Ode to Joy interpolation, not sure how to feel about honestly, felt a little tacked on, but I may just be in my head comparing it to the Ode to Joy interpolation from Hope from Kwanya, which cannot be beat because that song's all about me, so I digress. I recuse myself from further discussion. Number nine, Awesome City Club with Let Me Breathe. They actually had a string of really fun singles the past few months, but that one's the best. It's got really funky synths. It doesn't take itself too seriously. None of the singers are trying to one-up the other. They all make space to shine individually. The songs is just really paced well. No rush. Like they know, no worries. The song will arrive on time. The song's getting to where it needs to go. Not meandering, but at the right pace for it. Number 8. Overworld 30. This album starts with a slow build-up before a scream, and then pivots to angry rapping. And that sort of whiplash occurs throughout the album. One Stroke for Freedom has that really cool thick synth coating over it that they rock it using and used on an earlier single, Avalanche, I shouted out on an earlier episode. Thug Life is a really funny mix of, I don't want to say Americana, but almost like if they really, really tried to get a country influence on a rock and synth song. Very hard to explain. The bridge then has another trick up its sleeve, this bizarre crash before a boost back to the normal pacing. They get back to the regular growly register I love on Soul, as one is another fun mix, one beat drop after another, whisper rapping, this growling backup chant, and they chose to end the album with one instrumental, which was an interesting choice. So quite an eclectic but classically overworld combination of songs old and new. Number seven, Bam Bam and Sulgi, Who Are You? It's a really interesting contrast because Bam Bam's ribbon video captivated for the opposite reason. Super pastel, colorful, Wonderland-esque, 
quirky, fun, sweet, adventurous video for Ribbon. In this video, dark settings, he wears all black and leans heavily into symbolism, metaphors, and deep contemplation. So it really helped show with the single that his individual musical identity will not fit into just the cutesy box. It showed a more mature side to him, with his cool contemporary dance routine, with Sulgi, who is a delight, super supportive. Any collab she works on is just super cool, because she doesn't even just restrict it to people from her own agency or official releases. She worked with Taeyeon SoundCloud for Rose. She worked on a song with Moonbeal that too many people have forgotten about. Really supportive person. And I do think the all-black outfits further enhance the dance routine in this video because all you see really amid the darkness are their heads, footwork, and hands. Number six, Billy with their new single, Snowy Night. As I said on my 2022 prediction episode, I really think Billy are ones to watch. They just have a very quirky, mystery-slash-supernatural fictional story they're creating in this fictional world, and this video only adds to the intrigue. First of all, it kind of has a stop-motion animation feel to it, like it was filmed at 0.5x speed. So the camera work is unexpected, the pacing is unexpected, there are scenes that have a very pop-up book feel to them. It's very odd in the best way. The story is split up into five chapters, On Christmas Day, A Voyage, Meet the Forest, A Disappearance, and A Discovery and Awakening. I won't give too much away, but I will say the abominable snowman is kind of a friend and a foe. It's hard to tell what side he's really on, which is part of the fun of the video. Another thing to note is there are times where it's like the girls were in the snowy world in their snow globe, and other times that doesn't seem like it was the case. So how much is the reality really? Up to you to decide as a viewer. Lastly, they have this breaking the seal between dreams and reality moment when one of them realizes she's wearing bunny ears that she had put on in the dream, but in real life still. So lots of loose ends need to be tied up going forward, which I think makes this group stand out and leave a good impression. The impression you leave with your first few singles as a K-pop act can make or break the group. So many groups are done after just one or two singles if they flop. You don't get much time to pick up the pace, and they have really started to up the anticipation, hopefully early enough. Number five. Hello Sleepwalkers with their new album, Muyu no Hitori. The best song on there has to be Lies, aka Kyojensho. That one is perfect for headphones, because one male singer is in your left ear, a female voice then is in your right ear. It makes for this cool all-around sound experience, like you're in the room with the people talking. You're a fly on the wall during their dialogue. Then there's Deno no Umi, which is hyper-fast, electronic, really fun. Kako no Shiki Show has this reprieve kind of at first, like it's Seems like it's going to be quiet compared to some of the other songs, but then it quickly picks up the pace again. Fun and not totally predictable. It's a pretty short album. You can definitely get through it in one long listen. It takes a little bit of time to really pick up the pace and get interesting, but when it does, it's super catchy. Number four. Monster X, The Dreaming. 
If you want my thoughts on the corresponding movie, those are for free in a movie review at howtostandatsubstack.com. Definitely less than impressed, but hear me out before you yell at me about that. I say it out of love and respect. But the album, I do really love. Movie component aside, I think this album is leaps and bounds better than their last English album, All About Love. This one really invokes a lot of 90s boy band sounds, so it's just frankly way more memorable to me than the songs on All About Love. I just think they leaned more this time on those 90s boy band influences, which makes it more loop-worthy in my book. But really quick, there are just some other influences I feel like I heard listening to that album. Hear me out here. Doesn't You Problem sound like a Maroon 5 song? Come on, you can easily picture Adam Levine singing that, right? Is it just me? And this one may be less agreeable, but to me, doesn't Blow Your Mind sound like an Ed Sheeran radio song? Not like a B-side, but a song Ed Sheeran would sing that would be on the radio, be promoted a lot for radio play. Just something to think about. Anyway. Number three, Real, The Sixth Sense. Actually, The Sixth Sense, the song, came out in 2020, but was a great teaser for what to expect from the full thing. Just like she did in 2021 with White Midnight, Real really knows how to take color and use it to tell a story. The choreography, a simple prop like a mannequin, to bring a story to life. Her big white flag, the table in the middle of the ocean, a lot's always going on in her videos in the background to take in. So she has these artsy videos, and the new album is the electropop bops that she's just perfect at. One of my all-time favorite J-pop artists. Really cohesive, fun album. High energy all throughout. 10 out of 10. The best song off of it, I must say, I insist, is Boy. It is a great single, because it starts out so unassuming and chill. And you're like, what? This doesn't sound like the real we know and love. And then she comes back. She's a big fan of adding little sonic twists in there to keep people on their toes. Number two, Everglow, Return of the Girl. This is such a fun album. Don't Speak has almost a sock hop vibe, I guess. It's flirty, it's fun, lots of sounds going on, lots of layers. I could easily picture Don't Speak having been their title track instead of Pirate, so I wonder if it also was a contender. Then there's Nighty Night, which has percussion, these dope synths in the intro, then louder drums, this cool acapella moment before this very unexpected synthy chorus. Then there's this anthemic feel and lots of sass in company. Just another fun girls' night out empowering soundtrack. In the pirate video is this funny mix of unexpected lyrics, almost like the pirate was a Mad Libs entry. It could easily be replaced with the word diva or boss or something like that, and the song might actually make more sense, but they add in, you know, Shiver Me Timbers and other references to the concept. It's one of a kind, and they have this kind of spaceship setting they dance in, they shoot bow and arrows, they ride motorcycles, all while looking either like fierce divas, spies in disguise maybe, or princesses. Drumroll, please, for number one, best release of December 2021. If you're a longtime reader slash listener, it will shock you. NCT Universe.
Definitely get a fangirl over this, dissect it more, talk about the most touching lyrics, the best parts of the music videos that went with this release, all that stuff on NCT Talk 14. For now though, I will just say bravo again. They're so good at putting together every type of song imaginable. Different combinations of members, different types of songs blended together, different types of instrumentals, vocal layers, alternating the types of songs on tracklist to Sway 2 versus Dance 2 versus Cry 2. It's such an appropriate title for their album. Deep songs, light songs, slow songs, fast songs. I feel like a Dr. Seuss book at this point, but NCT really do have just such a cornucopia of sounds and styles in every release. And Beautiful is just the coolest thing ever, the sweetest song, really just a lovely song to end the year with. Another classic NCT detail about this release I want to note, Let's Play Ball is kind of the epitome of their format. It's one of the songs that sounds silly, but NCT managed to pull it off. They are so classically weird, and I love it. It's about playing ball. It's about having a crush on someone, they're your universe, etc. But then the delivery is so funny to me. The dramatic way they say, you know, fades away and hurt me now and stuff like that. Like they are really in their feels. During this song about playing baseball, it's so funny. Just reminds me of the bonkers lyrics to regular, cherry bomb, stuff like that. They're just so goofy in the best way. And part of their appeal, I think, is their just boldness to be goofy. The fact that you can listen to them and kind of laugh along, smile, just say things that in mixed sounds, mixed lyrics that shouldn't work together in the pattern you'd put them in, but trying it anyway, because it feels right. That intuition is what really drives them forward and has made them so globally renowned. Now let's talk honorable mentions in no particular order. So, Geom has this fun animated video for Time to Go to Bed. It's kind of confusing. It shows this animation of a woman in the bedroom on the left, and then a split screen shows a man on the right in a different room reading a book. And so you see two stories unfolding simultaneously. The lyrics allude to this man cheating on her at first, and you feel bad for her because he's just reading a book, super unbothered, and she's fuming in her bedroom alone, he seems like the bad guy. In the lyrics allude to, he's being scolded, told go to bed like a child for punishment's sake. But then there's this twist and it seems like the woman is actually the one having an affair. And she's telling him to go to bed so she can keep having the affair. Like nothing to see here, go away, go to sleep. So it's really funny and unexpected, especially as a cute on its face unassuming cartoon. There's this new girl group called Rocking Doll with a self-titled debut single. And honestly, it's a refreshing change to not have just one individual band member after the other sing. The line distribution isn't like that. It's actually more Western pop-ish. So I just say refreshing in terms of the K-pop industry. They're mixing it up and just having everyone sing in unison throughout. This group also stands out to me because they have like elf ears. I guess their premise is they're good goblins of some sort on a different planet. Really curious where their story goes from here. Then there's V's super soothing voice on the OST Christmas Tree. One of the rare songs I will give approval to people to listen to year-round. Soli Demo continued to let their harmonies, vocals overall, shine with wing fragment. They're definitely the shiny of J-pop. 
Next Chainman released his solo Japanese album Human last month. Really lets his powerful voice compel you throughout. Most memorable, though, was honestly not the original stuff, but his cover of Put Your Records On, which I'm ambivalent about. Because part of me is very torn, feeling like that song should stay untouchable, but honestly, I like his version. So sue me. It's not too experimental, left field. It's different, it's his own take on it, but it doesn't destroy the original core of the song. Very curious what you all think about it, though. Feel free to let me know. I'm 90% sold on it. Speaking of powerful, memorable voices, Davi has a new EP, Question Equals One Renew. Classic Davi, back at his piano, most memorable song I would say is Untouchable. Minzi continued the Latin vibes of Tiamo for Fantabulous, which I think is a musical style that she can work with well. I love Tiamo. It's cool in this song how she switches on a dime from singing to rapping, and she's got this wicked cool eyeliner. My ultimate J-pop queen, Millette, is back with her first single off of the album Visions, coming out in February, and Fly High was the first single, released in December. She wears this all-white outfit, stands on water, shows off just this natural, no-makeup-makeup look, natural beauty, lots of pretty outdoor visuals. Some more symbolic details as well in the setting, like boxes with walls cut out of them. Very memorable, as usual, from her. Lucy is a boy band who plays their own instruments, which always impresses me, and they have a very relatable theme of their new title track. Rolling Rolling is about going through the motions day after day, never taking time to slow down and stop being just go, 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 just rolling with life, and how hard that can be. It starts out regular, typical Lucy. Three and four slow down, then there's the percussion-led mid-tempo track five, then the ballad is track six. The whole thing is topped with lots of string flourishes, as per usual. Wusun's debut solo album, Genre, is here. It had a cool promo strategy, an online scavenger hunt of sorts. You had to find the hiding spots in his social media posts, which reveal the track list and passcodes bit by bit. Then you go to his website, type in the passcode, and you're entered into a giveaway for autographs. It's a really clever idea. The album itself is a great showcase of Wu Sun's signature, irreplaceable vocals. Best song on there, no strings attached. Goopy has another song in the vein of his last single, Teenage, which is appreciated. He sings it with a band full of these animal mask-wearing people, and it's really weird. The whole band is just in animal masks, unexplained. I would have loved to see more of a plot come out of that. Didn't really happen. So that's my reason for just making it an honorable mention. I wanted more to happen there. I'm very glad Jun Somi's Anymore is getting its due with the music video treatment now. That song always really stuck in my head more than any other off of XOXO. BB's new video for The weekend is like if Wednesday Addams tried pop R&B. She's got the supernatural identity. Really interesting. She's also on my ones to watch list for 2022. ONF's latest song, Goosebumps, has a cool video because it continues their sci-fi world building from before. December 30th and 31st, some super last-minute treats came out, including Zetao's new song, Set Off, like Start Off on a Journey, another artful use of electronified vocals with a piano, more sentimental elements. 
and the Ice Cream remixes of Sticker by NCT127. Perfect full circle moment to say, this is what I'm talking about with Boa in the Dreams Come True remake, I truly just have such a love and respect for remixing songs. I think it's the opposite of not creative. To not just be allowed to freely write a song, but to be forced to work with material someone already worked on and make it brand new again, that to me is harder in some ways. So I really do have respect for people who DJ and put new life into classics. It really does take more effort than meets the eye, I'm sure. Well, you do have, you know, the butter cooler and hotter remixes, but that's a, that's a rant for another day. Lastly, just a quick PSA, Icon has a new live album on Spotify. Now you can revisit some Icon classics from a show recorded in 2019, The Before Times. We were all so innocent. For more on these releases, keep your eyes on howtostand.substack.com. I'll make a write-up about some of this stuff, and it'll be for free, so free subscribers can access it too. We'll include links to a YouTube playlist of the music videos I talked about today, as well as a Spotify playlist to some of the songs I talked about today. Stay tuned for more music recommendations coming your way. Until then, be well, and I'll talk to you again later. Bye, everyone!